Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hello everyone, Simon Miller from What Culture here, and I just have to do a little bit of housekeeping because throughout this episode of SmackDown Ups and Downs, you may hear some weird noises. That is because I am on foreign ground right now, and I think aliens may be attacking, but I do apologize. But otherwise, if you did indeed tune in to this WWE Friday Night Extravaganza, you would have noticed a couple of things. One, we were calling the WWE Universe fans, and we were calling the product we were seeing in the ring wrestling. And for a while, I was kind of like this, because where is the branding gone? And of course, we know the answer, but still, if you were like me, you would have been sat there all bug-eyed, because the future is now. Otherwise, yes, thank you very much for joining me. As always, we have just had the episode of SmackDown, which also just happened to be the go-home show for SmackDown. No, for SmackDown, for SummerSlam, the premium live event. But was it any good or did it suck? Let's up those doubts. As ever, we don't know how much of this show was written by Vince McMahon. Maybe it was written by Triple H, maybe it was written by Kevin Dunn, maybe it was written by Bruce Pritchard, maybe it was written by Kermit the Frog. All I do know is that we got the intro, are you ready, and all of that kind of stuff, and we began with Seamus versus Drew McIntyre. It went 25 minutes, and it was absolutely badass. It was also a good old-fashioned Donnybrook, which is just the best and most stupid name for a match I've ever heard in my life. And the fans stayed with this for the entire time. As already mentioned, commentary seemed far more free. And Seamus beat Drew McIntyre up during his entrance. So we just got the gold cannon and we fired a trigger. The winner was also going to go on to WWE Clash at the Castle to face whoever the WWE Undisputed Universal Champion may be. So we had stakes as well. And apparently, when you have a good old Donnybrook, you also have to have a bar that reminds you that Seamus has some relatives. I don't know, you tell me. They really did go into this as well because we were using kegs, we were using tables, we were using chairs. And not only were we using shillelaghs, but Seamus was using the shillelagh that Drew McIntyre had chopped up last week because I must have missed this. Sometimes things go over my bald head. Apparently... This is a family heirloom. Can you believe that? Oh man, you must take the family shillelagh and protect it with all your powers. And then Seamus had it broken in about five minutes. So much was happening here, and given that it was a no disqualification, you knew that some shenanigans were going to go down. So of course, Ridge Holland came out, and at one point, he was just beating the crap out of Drew McIntyre. It did lead to a really good near fall, because Seamus was then able to hit him with the traditional shillelagh, whatever the hell we're calling it. But then Drew got back up, 
through, Ridge through a table. Bush didn't learn from this at all though, because then he transported into the ring, and he was like jumping all over Drew, and this ended with a white noise off the top rope, and I tell you, even though I was 99.9% .9 convinced that Drew McIntyre was going to win, the referee went one, the referee went two, Drew kicked out, and I bit just a little bit. I was then dying because Butch found this massive shillelagh, and I was like, how many shillelaghs are there in this match? But this once again led to such a good near fall, because McIntyre had to go deal with Scrappy-Doo, so Sheamus came flying in with the bro kick, but once again, Drew kicked out at two, this rocked. You could tell that McIntyre was about to make his big comeback too, which he did. He then threw the Irishman through a table, he hit him with the Claymore, as Sheamus was on his knees, so it looked twice as devastating. He got the victory, now, yeah, he is the number one contender. They weren't done though because McIntyre got on the microphone afterwards and he was all like, oh man, somebody's got to take that title off the part-timer. And I think he was talking about Roman. When Theory was here and he beat up Drew McIntyre. And I was like, okay, somebody add that to the list. Theory officially feuding with someone else. I do like that though. I do not know why, but it is now Theory against anybody else or everybody else. And I still want everybody else to win something to it. Chaos was clearly the name on this night though because then we cut to Pat McAfee and Michael Cole who were going to run down the WWE SummerSlam card when Happy Corbin turned up and was all like you can't touch me I've bought a ticket. It led to this big old argument between Pat McAfee and Corbin for obvious reasons as Michael Cole was trying to explain to Pat if you can't attack him this is how ticketing works and then they did go back into their show plan I suppose but Corbin kept shouting insults. I don't know why this was so funny, but it's pretty funny. McAfee got so wound up, he even dropped the line, I know that new people are in charge, but this is ridiculous. And when it did seem like they were going to get into a good old-fashioned Donnybrook, out came Adam Pearce and the officials to separate them. But that damn happy saw his opportunity smack Pat McAfee right in the balls. Of course, when Pat's penis was better, he was able to go back on commentary. as all like, oh man, I'm going to beat that Cappy Corbin up at SummerSlam. And I'm very excited about this match. It's all been nice and simple, but it's all clicked together and it's worked a treat. We had an interview with Theory after this, who actually justified his beatdown of Drew McIntyre earlier, because he was like, well, look, I'm going to be the new WWE Unified Champion at SummerSlam because I'm cashing in my briefcase. So if he's going to be the guy, I'm challenging at Cash the Castle. I may as well have got a shot in. <laughs> oh, damn, that makes sense. This is when Paul Heyman walked into frame, put his arm around Theory, and they walked off together talking. So I was like, oh, I wonder what's happening there. And then it was Shotzi versus Aaliyah. Huh. And this was justified because a few weeks ago they were trapping the other one in the locker room. And when you do that, you have to have a fight at some point. Plus, we were told the reason that Lacey Evans isn't here this evening because she's not medically cleared. Mostly though, it was just nice to see two young and up-and-comers actually get to share the spotlight. And yes, was this as smooth as my bald head? No, it wasn't. And was there a few miscommunication spots? Of course there was. However, I just want to say this. Unless you've been at work and you've never made a mistake and you've never dropped the ball and every single thing you've done has been absolutely perfect, maybe just give it a minute and say, well, I'm sure they'll get better. Also, there were some really good moments here. I mean, Leah hit this good flying clothesline and my main takeaway was, look, she just actually needs more time on SmackDown because ever since she's got called up she's barely had any matches and when we got to the finish Shotzi hit that move as hers it's like called sleep time 9000 it's not called that but it is absolutely devastating it got the win and there was something about this that I just liked I was like let's push Aaliyah and let's definitely push Shotzi because she's different and different is good up. We then saw Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey in the back taking pictures because they're both baby faces. 
when Natalia and Sonia Deville walked up to them, and I'm sorry, Natty must have been smoking crack or something. She was like, uh, it's quite clear I should be challenging for the SmackDown Women's Champion. And I was like, Nat, how? As it turned out, Shotzi had been watching all this from the ring, so she grabbed a microphone and just went, <laughs> like she was a supervillain. But then Ronda Rousey walked into the ring she killed her. She then got on a microphone and said he just wanted to fight everybody and she took out a heckler too in the crowd so Ronda was on fire. And amazingly, this was actually building to Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan taking on Sonya Deville and Natalia. If you went really quiet, somewhere in the distance, you could hear Terry Long going player player. Now, of course, because Ronda and Liv were on the same team, WWE had to ask the question, oh my gosh, how are they going to be able to coexist? And as ever, I was like, well, I can tell you how I know they're going to coexist, because I can see Liv Morgan, and I can see Ronda Rousey stood next to her, so they are coexistence, and nobody has been swallowed up by a black hole. The real question was whether they were going to get on or not, and the answer was no. I mean, they wouldn't tag each other in, they kept looking at each other, they kept getting into arguments. And the story here is that Liv Morgan wanted to prove to Ronda Rousey, I can get this done, even though there's two WWE superstars from across the ring, I believe I can get the pinfall. So any time she had the opportunity to tag out, she did not. The commentary team also made sure to tell us what is Morgan doing? Why isn't she tagging in Ronda Rousey? So in many ways, Liv kind of came across like a bad guy here, but that's okay, because sometimes you do need shades of grey. Ronda eventually realised, well, I'm going to have to tag myself in if I want to get the job done, which she did do, and this basically ended when Liv Morgan hit the Oblivion and Ronda Rousey had the ankle lock, so essentially they kind of both won, although technically Ronda Rousey got the submission win. What I did like about this, though, is that Sonya Deville and Natalya aren't no sort of proper tag team, they're just a random pairing, so it didn't matter that Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan beat them, even though though they're at loggerheads. And once again, it made me go, well, I have no idea what they're going to do at SummerSlam. Maybe I should tune in, giving it up. We were then told, I think, that Jeff Jarrett was gonna come out to tell the Street Profits and the Usos the rules for their match at the premium live event. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Actually, this was pretty good. Poor Jeff did get watted a little bit, but that's always going to happen. But when Jimmy and Jay and Montez and Angelo took over, this became pure fire because the Utos are like, 
hey, Jeff, is it going to be a disqualification if we break Montez Ford's nose again? Which they did do on Raw. So Angelo Dawkins was like, <laughs> hey, Jared, is it going to be a DQ if we beat Jimmy so bad that his face paint comes back? Oh, that was a good line. Jimmy Jarrett couldn't be bothered with any of this because he started to stoke them all up when accidentally he got super kicked in the face as both teams looked at each other like, uh-oh, what have we done? Also, fair play to J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T. He sold that like it had been shot. It was wonderful. And they all bailed out to the ring. Montez Ford did one of his fantastic dives. So they had done it again. Look, I've always thought this match was going to be good because they don't have bad matches. But this just felt like you added a little something, something into there. So now I'm twice excited. So we got to do it again. Up. It's also convinced me that something is going to happen on Saturday night. What that is, I don't know. Look at my face, I'm serious. Something is definitely going on with the Maximum Male models as well, because we did get their beachwear collection, although we kind of zoomed through it with a backstage skit, although it was still ridiculously stupid, so I loved it. And Maxine Dupree was here, but at the end of it, Max Dupree flew back in, and he was like, oh, we're still looking for new models. So I suppose that's back on the table. And we can make this work too. I wouldn't get rid of this at all. I mean, look at someone like Rick the Model Martel. That guy was a fantastic heel. You just have to find the right balance between goofiness and seriousness. And as I have said a thousand times, that is my favorite takeaway from wrestling. So again, I'm pumped for this. We shall see. Throughout all of this, the New Day and the Viking Raiders, they are no longer new and vicious, made their way to the ring. I'm just gonna tell you this one straight. There's no wibbly wobbly here. They had a great match. The main reason was that Eric and Ivar were allowed to be the old Viking Raiders, which is actually kind of ironic. And we all know the deal with Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. They could be in there with a broom and they'd have a good match. <laughs> Given the finish of this, well, my eyebrow has gone up. Kofi was being beaten up for a while, including Ivar slamming him into Barry Barricade and then just flattening him like a pancake. But of course we did this so we could build to the hot tag to Xavier Woods, who got in there and started throwing bones. He also hit a side Russian leg sweep and I was like, damn it, we need more of those, as well as a double axe handle off the top, which we also don't. And then he hit a tornado DDT for a near fall. Kingston was then back in and he was trying to win using the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll up because he knows. But that didn't work because he got smacked so hard in the face, I thought he was dead. When the Viking Raiders picked him up, they hit the double power bomb and they beat him clean as a whistle. I mean, honestly. This was my face. I was like, there's no shenanigans. It got even better too because Kingston had been slaughtered. The Viking Raiders were like, we shall finish him off with our shield. But because Xavier Woods is his best friend, he got in there. He tried to defend his buddy. Instead, he got smacked with this weaponry. And then his foot or his leg, whatever you want to call it, got pilmanized. Meaning the Viking Raiders walked off being all like, ha 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 ha, we have done it. Like Sagat. So what a well put together story this was. In around about five minutes, I'm like, oh man, these Raiders, they're a badass tag team. And the New Day can get away with everything because they're so damn entertaining. Look how excited I'm getting. Please let this carry on. Up. As you can imagine, it was then time for our last segment on SmackDown because that opening match had taken up a quarter of the show. But it was Paul Heyman, so let's just get on with it. Because he went into his usual stick that he's so good at. But he also said two very interesting things. One, he would not let Brock Lesnar ruin Roman Reigns' up-and-coming 700-day celebration as the champion, and it would be over his dead body. And also, two, once the head of the table is done with Brock, 
we will never see him again. And I tell you, I can kind of see it. Because let's not forget that Brock Lesnar was very much a Vince McMahon guy. And Vince McMahon was very much a Brock Lesnar guy. So maybe Brock is happy to do the favours at SummerSlam and then ride off into the sunset. And hopefully he has no horse, because he'd look really weird. Alternatively, he did say that because a big surprise was coming, because Brock's flipping music hit, the crowd went crazy, he came to the ring, and as always, just a round of applause for Paul Heyman, because he tried to give him the microphone, like, you're clearly not here to beat me up, why don't you talk? That was not the case at all, and just as Lesnar was about to eat him alive, Theory appeared again. He started hitting Brock Lesnar with the briefcase, but honestly, it was like kissing him. It did absolutely nothing. Brock turned around, he beat up Theory, chucked him to the outside when Drew McIntyre was back. He got his revenge. He Claymore kicked Theory and then take that stupid idea I had a few seconds ago and throw it out the window because Drew and Brock looked at each other and I was like, oh man, let us do that match again. Maybe even at the Royal Rumble or the Survivor Series or something because last time they had their feud, they had to do it to silence. It was right in the middle of the pandemic. So when SmackDown did go off air, I was super duper pumped and like I say, really looking forward to the future. And like, it wasn't a perfect show. There's still things we can do. I always say that because, oh, there's no downs. But basically, every single segment WWE had on this show, they made work in some fashion, including this one. Up. We also have to discuss how that translates to finishes. We talked about this on Raw Ups and Downs, but now we're going to do percentages. And on this episode of SmackDown, there was four matches and none of them <laughs> ended with silliness. So we bring down the shenanigan slider and it's zero percent. That's right. If you weren't sure whether you were going to watch this SmackDown or not, there is zero percent of shenanigans we didn't have any. And I think we should be excited about that because look, I'm fine with the DQ, I'm fine with the count out, I'm fine with the distraction, but you've got to use them sparingly, otherwise they get really boring. So imagine I gave this Smackdown a down. Of course I'm not going to do that. I thought it did a great job in building SummerSlam and it's getting it up. Now please do leave a comment below and let us know what you thought about last night's episode of SmackDown. Like the video, share the video and subscribe. Head over to whatculture.com where you can read yourself some articles. Make sure you come follow us on social media. And we do have other videos. Please watch. My name is Sarah for What Culture. Thank you for watching me as always. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. 
Learn more at byheart.com.